Hello and welcome back to the Andrew Hain Show. In today's episode, we sat down with Adam English, the general manager for the Gwinnett Stripers, the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. Since graduating from Transylvania University in 2006, Adam has spent his entire career working in the sports industry. He worked his way up the ladder on the sales side of a few different teams across the country and was last the vice president of ticket sales and service for the Sacramento Rivercats before joining the Stripers in 2018. Here's his story. We hope you enjoy back for another show uh today i've got another baseball which has been a uh, uh recent team and i've got adam english from Gwinnett. how's it going adam i'm going doing well thanks for having me on andrew yeah i'm glad you were able to join me i've been to the area a lot i've, I've been to the ballpark not actually inside but just in that region and uh it's a really nice area number one um and uh, the ballpark works great so well, thanks. Yeah. Always interesting to hear people's journeys. And yeah, uh, we'd love to hear kind of your story, like, you know, where you're from, you know, and all the way up to your, your current position. Yeah. So I got my start um, back in 2005 as an intern for the Lexington Legends. Um, had played baseball in college at Transylvania University, Division three school in Lexington. Had Tommy John surgery at the end of my junior year and started thinking about life after, you know, baseball in college and everything else. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get a, a sales and marketing internship with the Legends. Uh, and little did I know at that time that sales and marketing meant like a little bit of everything. So, um, you know, I did everything from making cold calls, going on sponsorship meetings to I was the mascot. But my game day duty was running the parking lot. So I literally drive in the parking lot with, uh, you know, a major league style, uh, you know, golf cart with a big hat on it. <laughs> Just, just got a little taste of everything. And, and it was a tremendous experience and great friendship. I loved the culture, just the camaraderie of everybody working hard together for one goal. Um, and, and just it really opened my eyes to, up to the business side of the sport, which I, I, uh, I was I graduated with a business degree. So I uh, it, it was a, of tremendous interest to me. After my internship, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to. Um, with uh, the Augusta Green Jackets. So the my sports stories kind of come full circle as I'm back in Georgia, you know, 15 years later. Uh, but I, I was with the Augusta Green Jackets, really fortunate to learn from some of the, the you know, the best and brightest in the industry. It's when Ripken Baseball owned Augusta. And so Jeff Eisman, Amy Venuto, um, Missy Martin, a lot of people, um, you know, I had some of the best training, uh, I think, available in, in this industry to start off. I was really fortunate. It was with Ripken Baseball for five years. They bought the Charlotte Stone Crabs, uh, who uh, are up until this past year were the single A affiliate of the uh, uh, of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and we ran the spring training operation. So that was a tremendous experience seeing the major league spring training operation and being a part of running that, selling that, and 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 getting to know some people at the Rays as well. Um, and, uh, and so I was with Ripken for five years and then the legends came calling back and I, and, uh, um, you know, I, I had, I had always stayed in contact. And I think that's one of the things that I've, I've seen most in this industry is you just keep, if you keep strong relationships with people that you work with and stay in contact with them, even after you don't work with them anymore, um, you know, great opportunities can, can come about. And so, uh, I was back in Lexington, uh, I was their assistant general manager and was really happy back in my hometown, close to the family, all that kind of stuff. Um, and out of the blue one day, I got a call from the Sacramento river cats and, and anybody in minor league baseball who, who pays attention to anything knows that the river cats have a tremendous reputation. 
And, and so I, at the time I thought, well, this is a team I need to at least see what, what they're interested in, what, what, you know, why they're calling me because um, their reputation was just second to none. And uh, so I call them and I, I talked to their general manager, Chip Maxson, who's a good buddy of mine now still. And, uh, um, and, and so lo and behold, I, you know, I, I get their director of ticket sales position at the AAA level. Uh, I convinced my fiance at the time, who's now my wife, to move all the way across the country six months before our wedding. Um, yes. I've, always, I've always used that as, a, as an example of, uh, yes, I can sell because I <laughs> on uh, moving across the country um, six months before our wedding. Um, and, uh, and so I was with Sacramento for six years um, and, and worked my way up to be their, uh, their vice president of sales and service. Um, and, and just some of the, I mean, moving up to the AAA level, I mean, I, you know, classification, all different, op- there's a tremendous number of operations at every level of minor league baseball, but uh, being at the AAA level, being the last stop before the major leagues really started to, to appeal to me. And I was really happy in Sacramento. Um, you know, we, we were, we, we transitioned from our A's affiliation to the, to now what they are, which is affiliated with San Francisco giants. We, um, we were able to grow revenues, uh, you know, about 40% while I was out there and just learned from some of the best people in the industry. I learned so much from, uh, the ownership group, Jeff and Susan Savage, as well as chip and many others that are there as well. Um, just the right way to operate a triple A team. I mean, they, they, their success is not by accident. Uh, and, um, and so I was in Sacramento and I knew that the only reason I was going to leave Sacramento was for, um, a general manager job. That's what I wanted. I wanted a general manager job and I wanted it at the AAA level if possible. Um, it was, it was, it was kind of a unique situation. I, my, it was during the AAA championship game uh, when it was in Columbus, I believe. And um, the, I called my GM. He was there with, with Jeff, our president. And, and I said, Hey, what do you know about Gwinnett? Um, and, and that's one of the things that I think that, that appealed to me so much about being in Sacramento is, you know, career goals and, and, and how you move up and where you move along to and all that stuff. That was an open, honest conversation always. Um, with, absolutely. I mean, I, when I interviewed in Sacramento, uh, with, and I was sitting across the table from Jeff Savage, uh, who's one of the owners. And, uh, and I think at the time his title was general manager before he became the president. But, um, and he looked at me and he said, where, where do your bosses think you are? And I said, here interviewing with you because I just wouldn't feel right about flying across the country and interviewing for a job without telling my, my boss. And in that case, it was Andy Shea um, that I was doing that. I mean, uh, and so I think that, you know, as kind of a message to young people in the industry, it's like be open and honest with your bosses. Like I know sometimes it's scary to say like, Hey, I'm interested in interviewing for a position outside the organization. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're working in an organization that, that doesn't want you to take on great opportunities, then that's probably not a great situation for you to begin with. And, and I think that there was a mutual respect there and, and I've, I've stayed close with Andy uh, uh, since then. And so um, I, uh, and so then you fast forward and I, and I, you know, Chip Maxson, uh, the general manager out there in Sacramento, he knew what my career goals were. And so I called him, I said, Hey, what do you know about this? He said, nothing. Um, why don't you do some research? I'll do some research. And, um, and we'll reconvene when I get back and we'll talk about it. So we did, but we both did that and, um, you know, decided that, Hey, at the very worst, uh, you know, the worst case scenario here is I, I get to gain the experience of what it is to interview for a GM position. Um, and, 
so flew over, interviewed with a bunch of executives at the Braves and uh, a, a couple of different times and, and was fortunate enough to get the opportunity here. So I've been here in Gwinnett um, a little over two years now. Um, the 2019 season was fantastic. Really uh, uh, a little bit like drinking from a fire hose. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, really proud of what we built here and, and what we are building. And before and before the, you know, the shutdown of the, of the 2020 season, I think that uh, we, we've got a lot of building blocks that, that can really build some success here in Gwinnett. Yeah, well, I think you hit on a good um, point, and it's good to hear you say it, because I've come across some, some leaders or people in management positions that are like the opposite. Like, they don't want their staff to prosper and leave. And, I, you know, I was just uh, recently up with uh, the Fredericksburg National. Yeah. They're launching their stadium as their VP of sales. And, you know, it's the first question I asked every, you know, employee that, that was in my department. What are your career goals? Right. And, and, and how can I help you get there? And, you know, I think it's important. And I, and I, one, one area that I take a lot of pride in and that I, I get satisfaction out of is, is helping, you know, people get more and move on. If I can't, Absolutely. I don't want to, you know, I'd love to keep you, but I don't, I'm not going to hold your ransom and right. not let you develop. And, but it, I've come across some that, that are the opposite and it's frustrating to see, but, um, you know, this, this business is kind of a small, um, you know, group and those relationships are, are key. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've really been fortunate to have a lot of bosses that, um, you know, kind of preach that same thing. And, and really, to me, it comes back to that servant leadership model of, look, the best culture is one where you're helping people achieve their goals, both internally. And then once they get to a point where you can't help them, you know, grow anymore in your, in, within your, of course, it would be my job would be a lot easier, right? Like If I keep people who are really good, we deserve jobs other places, but I get to keep them like my job's definitely easier. But ultimately, I think the thing that's given me the most satisfaction in this industry is helping people take their next steps and seeing them achieve that success. And I mean, there's no doubt, no doubt Chip Maxson's job would be a lot easier if he was like, no, 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 you need to stay inside. Like we know each other. We've worked together for six years. Like we, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of relationship there. And it's when there is some, you know, when it, when you have some, uh, some, some solid relationships with your staff, you know how each other work. I mean, it, you, you know how to build culture together. Those things become very easy. But at the same time, he knew like, look, the right thing for me is to, is to, you know, support you in, in achieving a, a career goal and, and going after it. And so, um, you know, I've tried to take that same model across the board and, you know, it, it being, being here for really, you know, one season with the second season canceled, um, you know, we, we did, we brought some people in, we've developed a strong culture and we're getting to the point um, you know, I would imagine after this next season where there are people who are going to be ready to take next steps and I, I want to help them get those opportunities. I mean, if I can make a phone call for them, I will, even if it makes my job harder, because I know that that creates an opportunity for somebody else to step up. Yeah. And I think people, people see that and recognize it and it, it attracts people to you as far as, you know, wanting to work for you, wanting to perform. So I think yeah. it's really, you've yeah. been 15 plus years. I mean, I'm sure you see people throughout all the different leagues that have worked with you and you know, kind of rising up the ranks. So. Oh, absolutely. And, well, and just some of my, I mean, again, I've had some great mentors uh, and, and who set the right example for me. And I love seeing, you know, seeing people who I've worked with take next steps, get into management positions. And even if it's not in minor league baseball, I mean, 
there's a young lady who uh, who was in inside sales. We hired her in inside sales in Sacramento, promoted her to the group sales team, promoted her into management. And now she's in a management position with the Clippers and, and she's killing. And, um, and, and so, I mean, it's, it's great to hear those stories and I love following those careers and, um, and and just cheering, cheering them on into, to bigger and better things. Uh, it's, I kind of equate it to, uh, and I've done this too many times. People who know me will will roll their eyes because I say this too much, but they, uh, uh, it's almost like, you know, like a coaching tree in the NFL, you know? Exactly. You look at Belichick and you look at Saban at, at the collegiate level and you look at uh, Andy Reid and, and you know, all these guys that at one time they were all like wide receiver coaches on the staff for Bill Parcells or something like that, you know, like um, and, and so being able to look at kind of your your minor league baseball, your sports industry, you know, coaching tree, I think speaks to speaks to you as a leader. At what point did you kind of decide that you wanted to work in sports? I mean, was there something you knew or, yeah, I mean, I think for me, I mean, I've always had this passion for sports. Um, I mean, you know, growing up, I played soccer and baseball and basketball and football and everything that you could play. I was playing it. And um, and in high school, I played soccer and baseball. And then once I got into college, I played baseball. And I just I, I love team sports. I love the camaraderie. I love the culture. I love the way that it um, it helps you. It humbles you. It, it, it challenges you. And so like I knew that I love being around the sport. And so being around the business side and seeing the way the similarities between playing the sport and being around a culture where you're all working toward goals and you're pushing each other and holding each other accountable, um, always spoke to me. And I think the biggest thing is I just didn't know what opportunities were available until I was in it. And so, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many, how many colleges I've gone to since I've worked in this industry to, to share like, Hey, there are careers to be had in sports. There's, you know, the things that, um, you know, you can do more than just, you know, scouting and the, the operational side of these sports, like there's, there's a, a really, there's really good opportunities and, and, and in it. And, uh, I've tried to share that with as many people, because if I would have known that in college, maybe I would, you know, maybe I could have, you know, even gotten in earlier or, you, you know, help prepare myself better or, or whatever it is. So. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a fun ride. And, um, you know, when you get to go to a, a ballpark every day or a stadium every day, like I can think of a lot of choices. Yeah, no, it is. And just talking to a bunch of kids, like, you know, in, in college and with the, the podcast, I started a thing called free agent Fridays. I yeah. Was, I saw that. Right. One thing I, I've, I've heard a lot of is like, kind of like you said, a lot of people don't realize all the opportunities that, that are there on the front office side everybody thinks of you know on field or on court but um there's definitely those opportunities and you know i think for me it was like playing when i got to a point where i couldn't play sports anymore i'm like okay well now what can i do and right yeah same same for me good transition in so over the years you've, you've worked for a bunch of different you know teams what are some of like the top like promo things that you guys have done? Because minor league baseball is kind of known for some crazy, crazy stuff. Have you I think, heard of anything that's just off the wall? Or uh, I, I think I think the first one that jumps to my mind is, and we've definitely been a part of some of them. But the first one that jumps to my mind was like it was it was like topical and last minute, and this was back in I want to say maybe two thousand and seven. Um, and it was during the time when Brett Favre would like retire and then unretire and then retire and then unretire. And right. so 
like on a random Thursday or something like that, Augusta, um, we went out and bought like 500 red and green flip-flops and we had Brett for our flip-flop night. Um, and like, you know, I mean, it's, I think it was, it was more entertaining than something that actually drove people to the ballpark. But I mean, that to me, it just encompasses kind of the spirit of minor league baseball is like, can we all laugh at ourselves? Let's, let's do something funny. Let's do something entertaining. We don't mean it in a mean way, but, um, but like, yeah, Brett Favre, make a decision. You know? Yeah. And just, you know, kind of taking any kind of hot topic or anything that's yeah. out there and kind of turning it into uh, different stuff. I, I was always fascinated with, with baseball this past year was my first year in baseball so i've always been in soccer and yeah football and you know they do promos and that stuff but not to the degree of baseball sure you know i know in minor league baseball it's just it's so fan friendly it's all about the fan experience and and yeah i mean you know you've had everything from um you know way back in the day, you know, Bill Vec and, and burning disco. And I mean, it's just off the wall things that they get you national attention. And honestly, I mean, I think you're starting to see more and more of the fan experience, the promotions, that kind of stuff at the major league level, because they're seeing it work at the minor league level as well. And, and, and it's unique for me now because I'm part of the Braves organization. The Braves are my ownership group. Um, so we're major league owned. Um, and so we, we have to be a little bit more caref- careful because th- there's, you know, additional regulations and stuff like that. But one of the things that we did, we saw huge success with in 2019 is um, so in, for in Atlanta, we have uh, they have uh, beat the freeze. Right. So there's this guy who was on their grounds. He still is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's got the goggles and I mean, he's like a world class track athlete. And so they give the fan like a like a 10 second head start running foul pole to foul pole. And then the freeze, and they went viral because this kid was like celebrating. And then the freeze beat him, and he tried to speed up, and he fell. Uh, but it, it's it's a, an incredibly uh, entertaining promotion. So we have this guy on my staff. Uh, he was an in, he was a he was our uh, and these are great stories. These are very minor league baseball stories. Like he, he was a sponsorship trainee, um, and he's incredibly creative. Um, really, really great. He's on our full time staff now, and he came to us and he said like, hey, um, like. I, I really like beat the freeze, but I want to like have our own thing here. Um, I, he, he's like six, two and he weighs like 300 pounds. And he just looked at us and he said, like, I'm, I'm really fast. And we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and so essentially what we did is, um, you know, we, we took him out the field and he blew us away with how fast he was and stuff like that. But um, so he, we give him the 10 second head start. Right. And he just kind of lumbers out like real slow, like kind of holds his back a little bit and all that kind of stuff. And then the fan takes off and the fan passes. And when the fan gets, you know, 10 or 15 yards in front of him, he just kicks it, kicks it into gear and he chases him down. And he's, I mean, he wins all the time. It's, it's amazing. And, um, and so in 2019, we had more than a hundred million views, uh, of, of his, we won, we won uh, the golden bobblehead promotion of the year. Uh, more than a hundred million views on social media. Um, and, uh, I mean, we were like ESPN sports center or MLB, like it went everywhere. Um, or said, Oh no, we do it. We usually do it. Um, like Fridays and Saturdays. Um, Was wearing like the skin plate. Um, so he's got, he's got, he's got the, the silver spandex. I'm looking that up over at some goggles. Look it up. It's awesome. Does he, 
does he lose? It's fake. Like it, look, it looks like it literally looks like somehow we sped him up and kept the other person. No, he's just fast. He he's lightning. It's it's amazing. Wow. So have you have you gone out there and, and raced them or what? No, no, no. Uh, I, I'm like Jerry Seinfeld. I choose not to run. <laughs> we had we were, we were making bets in Fredericksburg. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the I was the old guy up there. I'm 42 and. You know, I'm I'm definitely uh, not fit. Uh, I'm like, you know, 5'11", 235, um, but I'm fast. Yeah. And so you know, the young kids up there thinking that, and we never got around before that happened. I I couldn't let that go anyway. So. Yeah, it's it, it it's fun, and but now it, the thing that's most hilarious too is like, I mean, like our players wanted to race them. You know, like. It's a like it's a phenomenon like that. So and it was I mean it was kind of storybook my first year here. The team uh, won the division, um, you know, made the playoffs. And when they were celebrating making the playoffs, you know, big big you know champagne and stuff like that in the in the clubhouse as teams do. Like four of the players come over to me and they're just like, "Where's the fridge?" Like they love him. Like I mean, like they wanted him down there to celebrate too. And um even this past year and during our alternate training site like there were players that were wanting to race the fridge when he was out here and stuff like that too it, it's a blast so but that's what makes minor league sports and minor league baseball so great oh yeah you can have i mean run a lot of work hours but like you have fun you know yeah, absolutely I mean, and, and I preach it to our staff all the time, and I mean it every time I say it. We're, we're like a family here. I mean, we, and there's times during the summer when we're around each other more than we're around our families. And so we've got to look out for each other. We've got to build each other up, and we've got to all be working toward the same goals so that we can um, succeed. We can grow. We can do all the things we want to do in the industry. What is it about you know, minor league baseball for you? I mean, have you thought about going to major league level? In your career, I mean, I don't, I don't take anything off the table. I mean, baseball is like my first love. I mean, baseball is was always my favorite sport, um, and, and so being a part of the game, like, I mean, the the fact that that I'm a major league baseball employee because we're owned by the Braves right now, like my my email address is at Braves.com. Like that still is like, I don't know, like kind of cool. I'm like, there's no way that's real, but. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I, I won't take anything off the table. I mean, I think for the right opportunities, um, I mean, I, you know, young in my, when I was younger, it was kind of like, I really like minor league baseball, you know, like I just want to stay in minor league baseball as you grow. I mean, I think that you look at it and you go, look, there's, there's great opportunities at every level. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, there are times during a, you know, a 70 game season when I go, man, 10 home games for NFL, that sounds pretty good. Right. Like, but. Um, right, I, I know, but so I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that anything's off the table for me. I mean, I love being a part of the Braves organization, and um, you know, if I'm if I'm blessed enough to have an opportunity to work for the Braves someday, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, at at the major league level. Uh, at the same time, like I, we have so much to to do here. Like my my focus, especially the last two years, has just really been on uh, on growing this organization and and um, and and you know, trying to build the right culture, uh, one of the best run teams. And, and, and I know the right way to do that. And, and we're building it with it slowly. I mean, we were tracking, um, you know, really, really strong prior to the shutdown. 
Uh, I, like, I think we were going to be able to tell a story where we grew, you know, 15 to 20% over a two year period. Um, and when we shut down. And so, um, I think the fan base here is, uh, is fantastic. I think that they're starting to take notice of, of the, the unique things we're doing and how much fun we're having out here at the ballpark. And, um, and so really want to want to, I have a lot of goals to achieve here before I'm worried about anything in the future for sure. Yeah. So walk us through what's a, what's a day like for the GM? Like what, what kind of stuff do you do? Because every organization GM, they, they kind of have a different role. Some of them are just, um, you know, a, a, a pretty high level. Some are actually in the trenches selling as well. Sure. Uh, I mean, I definitely jump on sponsorship meetings. Um, you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of relationships with our largest partners here. So I, I do talk with them on a regular basis. I mean, my day to day, I'm talking with my leadership team. You know, I'm having one on one meetings with department heads. Um, I'm trying to teach, coach, develop. Like I do get in the trenches. I One of the things that I love every year is our ticket sales training. I mean, that's like that's where I came from. It's in my blood at this point. Um, I love doing our boot camp, uh, you know, where we do, we usually, we typically do like a week, uh, offsite where we just, I mean, never during a year do you have a week where you do nothing but just train. In a world where people are more aware and plugged in than ever, it's not enough to just have a great product. Consumers are looking for brands they can relate to. That's where Egghead Creative comes in. Everything they do is powered by deepening the connection with your brand. And every time you do business with them, they'll build a bespoke team of highly specialized creatives designed specifically around what you need. For more information, visit eggheadcreativestudio.com. That's E-G-G-H-E-A-D creativestudio.com. Or follow them on Instagram at eggheadcreativestudio. Now back to the show. And, and it's a grind, but I mean, that's the number one thing in Sacramento that, that our GM and I would talk about is... Look, if we have our, if we're fully staffed by the time we take our team to boot camp, we know that our revenues are going to be higher because they're going to be better prepared. They're going to have the tools to be successful. And the reality of it is, when you hire somebody in January or February, when they're learning on the fly, it's just not the same amount of attention that you can give to people. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I look, I'm meeting with my with my with my uh, manager of ticket sales. Uh, person in charge of my sponsorship team. My assistant general manager is Erin O'Donnell, who I worked with in Sacramento, and she was in Birmingham prior to me coming here. And I brought her over here with me. Um, she oversees all of our marketing staff, our our you know our our merchandise and stuff like that. So we work so closely together. Um, and so really, I mean, it's all people focused every day. It's people focused on you know outside of 2020. Um, but it's it's one-on-one meetings, it's coaching, develop, it's putting out a fire here or there, and then it's developing relationships with our partners and our and our season ticket members. So um, I love being at games and talking to our season ticket members. I think listening to your fan base is the number one way to continue to improve. I mean, little things that happen that you know turn into like, well, we've always done it that way, right? Like, um, like blowing those some some of those things up. Like literally, one was. Uh, Hey, it's Georgia in the summer and it's like 95 degrees and we don't allow people to bring in like one un- unopened bottle of water. I'm like, let's let them, let them bring it in. That's it. Like, and then like, and then our, our game day staff at the gates are like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like we don't tell these people to like either take their bottles of water back to their car or whatever. And so, um, you know, listening to your game day staff, listening to your, to your fan base that, you know, that's, uh, in season, that's where it, it becomes a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I mean, I think you really got to be tapped into all that. 
be a great leader. So that's good to hear. When you do your training, do you do it yourself? Do you bring in like an outside trainer? So I've done both. Um, I, I, I did like our boot camp week is usually me and my manager of ticket sales. And we kind of tag team different areas to say, Hey, I want you to take the lead on this. I'll take the lead on this. So we're, we're all around. We're, we're all kind of interjecting. And then look, I mean, that was a big deal for me when I was an account executive, right? Like I loved that Jeff Eisman and Amy, Amy Venuto would, would do our training because they were these executives for Ripken baseball that we talked to and we had relationships to, but to get the training from them was, was really cool. Um, as opposed to just like, you know, your manager who you talk to every day, it's not to that person, but it's, you know, when there's somebody at an executive level that, that cares enough to get their hands dirty and that stuff, that always meant a lot to me. And so I want to make sure that I'm always involved in that. Um, and then some, I've used, uh, when I was in Sacramento every year, we bring in Charlie Chislagi, who is a, he, he does a ton of work. Um, I, I, we were at the time, we were one of the only minor league baseball teams he, he went to. And it's because Chip Maxson had a relationship with him. Ton of work with the NFL, the Dolphins, um, you know, the the Padres. Um, you know, he did a lot of work in the English Premier League. Uh, but he he got his start under Bernie Mullen for the Pirates. And so so everything with him is face-to-face. And, and I mean, we loved his messaging of face-to-face developing relationships. That's how you sell. Um and and so I used to bring him in all the time. I haven't brought him in here yet, but I, I do stay in contact with him. He's uh, he's a great friend. We had uh, Amy come up to Fredericksburg, and so I got I kind of got there late, but um, she did a really good. The staff kind of uh, they were the best people I've ever seen at an appointment. Oh yeah, they just, just struggled closing a little bit, so we got that fixed quick. And they that's awesome. You killed it up there. It was, it was good to have Amy. That's how yeah, I the team up there, Amy. So, Amy trained me. I mean, that I mean, literally, my first job in Augusta, Amy was my trainer, and so I'm I'm forever in her debt. She knows it. How um, have you guys been coping with um, COVID? Are you guys back in the office now? Or? So right now we're not. I am, um, but uh, right now, basically, what I told my staff going into the holidays was, and I think that look, my my stance on this from jump has been, like my staff being safe and comfortable is number one, right? So going into the holidays, basically under the assumption that most everyone <laughs> staff was traveling in some capacity, it was like, look, be back in Georgia, be back at your house. We're going to work remotely from the fourth until the thirteenth. Let's get those 10 days, uh, monitor symptoms, anything like that. Because the one thing I really didn't want to happen was get back on the fourth, you know, three, four, five days in, somebody comes down with a symptom. We got to shut the office down for two weeks. Everybody's got to go get tested, all that kind of stuff. So um, prior to that, we had um, most of our staff coming in about half days. um, And it was basically, if you leave your desk, you're wearing a mask. Um, We we were – uh, I was really proud of the work that we did during the pandemic because we did a lot of community stuff, but the day-to-day work, we were the alternate training site for the Braves. Um, so all of our full-time staff went from being account executives and, you know, sponsorship salespeople, directors of operations and yada, yada, yada to like grounds crew and clean team. <laughs> and so like very minor league baseball as well. So, um, but like myself included, you know, like we're, we went from July 4th um, through October 10th and we didn't have a single positive test in Gwinnett. Uh, 
And that's uh, that's our cleaning protocols. We're fogging every day. We're doing all this stuff. And that's with the team working out seven days a week, sometimes, uh, you know, without off days. Every I mean, I think that they probably had like, I don't know, 10 off days over the course of that time. Um, and uh, and some of those off days, we still had to come in and clean. So, uh, you know, helping out with our groundskeeper. I mean, that was the fun work. Right. Like that's like that brought me back to like repairing mounds and, and like that, that you do growing up. Um, and, and then the clean team work was, you know, we had to go in, we cleaned, we vacuum, we fog both locker rooms, every, you know, everybody's got to be spread out. And, um, I think the thing for us that, that really meant a lot was at the beginning of this whole thing, um, you know, our, our, uh, our, uh, clubhouse manager, Nick Dixon, um, jumped on a zoom call with our front office staff and he said, Hey, look, I just want you guys to know, um, Snicker, Brian Snicker and all the guys over the Braves, said their mentality was we don't care how many games we're playing we want to win the world series and what we were doing in Gwinnett was a part of that because if we didn't keep players healthy we didn't you know we didn't do our job correctly and there were you know COVID cases down here you know they don't have the players to go up and help you know and and so um, I think that hearing that you know both our our baseball operations people and the manager were really like hey like you guys are a part of this a lot to the staff and, and so we were all in on that stuff it was, it was it was a unique experience and one that let me just say i hope i never have to do again because that means we're not playing a minor league baseball season but um it was unique and there were some some real positives that came out of it with the way you know i think it speaks to your culture too because i mean my staff stepped up i, I mean if they complained they certainly didn't complain to me and uh, i think that they were they were grateful that we were all still employed and that um, you know, they were part of something bigger than themselves. So, um, by, by no means was anybody's first choice, but, uh, you know, we were, it, it, when you're happy to be a part of the team and step up in any manner that you need to, that, that speaks to the quality of people you have. And I was really proud of that. That's cool. And that's, and that's when, you, you know, kind of really find out what people are made of. Like, absolutely. Uh, it really, team player. Um, absolutely. It, it takes an army to pull all that stuff together. I know the same thing. that. That's where they they had their squad practice. Um, how's it look for 2021? Uh, any timeline on the schedule? And, and does it there's there's a little movement on the schedule? We don't have it yet. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, this is this is like kind of a perfect storm, right? Like, there's a pandemic. <laughs> We're negotiating like an entirely new system for minor league baseball at the same time, so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many moving pieces. There is some movement on the schedule. I am confident that we're going to have a season this year. Um, you know, whether it starts in April, May, I'm not sure, um, at this point, but, um, I know we're going to play games. And I know we're going to have fans in the stadium, uh, in 2021, which I'm excited about as we roll out vaccines and all that kind of stuff. How are you on right now? I just posted like last week something about like hey if you're looking to get into sports or you're, you're out of work right now and i was thinking i would get a couple of people respond and maybe try to help them and in less than a week i've got like almost 400 views wow i've got 500 um you know over 800 else just people reaching out so um are do you guys anything open or that you know, right now, I will tell you, we do have one one position posted. Um, our one position right now is mascot and community. We need a new mascot. Uh, we lost our mascot um, to the Braves. Uh, so that was a good loss. 
got called up. Yeah, he got called up last year. Um, and so we were actually close with some people and then the pandemic hit. We, you know, we kind of said, well, you know, we can, we can be the mascot as we need to throughout this. Like hopefully if this, you know, if this lasts a month or two months, then, you know, we can, we can hire, we can get somebody then. Um, so, so we really have, we're looking for somebody now who can, you know, make a, a great impact in our community as well as, uh, as be the mascot. And that's a unique position. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, I think that there will be some additional positions available. Um, and, and really, I mean, it's tough because what we're really waiting for is that green light, right? Like we're waiting for that green light on a schedule. We're waiting for that green light on when we're going to play games. Um, and we look, we were a really fortunate team. I mean, I, I mean, all credit goes to, to the, the executive team at the Braves and, um, and, and the other leaders in the organization, we really did some significant cost savings throughout the pandemic. And, and we, able, we were able to minimize the amount of, of staff that we lost. Uh, we only had to, to let two people go. Um, and, and I'm sorry, three people go. And, um, and I hope to build those positions back up as soon as, as soon as I can. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, 2021 is going to be pretty financially impacted because of the rollover dollars from 2020. Yep. Um, and, but at the same time, like, the Braves organization top to bottom, like we invest in people. That's what we want to do. We want to, I know that if I surround myself with the best possible people um, that I'm going to look pretty good. (laughs) And, uh, and if I can give in my time and resources to helping them be the best that they can be that, that then again, that I'm the best that I can be. So um, when the time comes, we're going to be, we're going to be hiring for sure. All right. How about uh, you've been in Atlanta area for two, two years or so now. So where are some of good spots to go eat when I come to town. Well, man, one of my favorite spots is in Alpharetta. It's called South city kitchen. Uh, great spot. It's in Avalon, um, anywhere in the battery. I'll give a shout out to the battery for the Braves. Um, anywhere in the battery is awesome. I mean, there's a, there's a, a gardening gun. There's a great Italian spot. There's some fun, like sports bars. There's a yard house. Um, there's a, a great little wine bar called crew. Um, I mean, just uh, that, to me, the, so, you know, not being from Atlanta, like the first Braves game I went to, like the atmosphere when the battery is full and that energy, like, it, I mean, it's almost like a party before you even go into the game and, and it's just, everybody's, you know, cheering. They've got the, they've got a, the drum line out there playing. They've got, I mean, it, it is, it is electric at the battery before you go to a Braves game. So I would definitely recommend if you're coming over here outside of coming to a Stripers game, uh, make time to go to a Braves game. It's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I've never, never been um, to the new stadium. My mom is a huge Braves fan. So I grew up in, in Pennsylvania. So Phillies were to us. Sure. Um, but um, she's a huge Braves fan. So we've, we've been down for games before. And um, is that like area? Is that kind of like, like I, I lived in St. Louis in Park Village. Is it kind of similar to that or it's a little bit. Um, yeah. So essentially like the battery surrounds the ballpark. And so, I mean, it's bars, restaurants, shopping. I mean, um, and, and the Braves are hosting the, uh, the all-star game in 2021. So, um, you know, there's, there's going to be a, uh, um, there's, they're building a huge tower. They have tons of hotels and stuff. You can stay right there. It is. Uh, it's a great experience. And it is a little bit like Ballpark Village or Wrigleyville or something like that. But, but it's even more. Um, you know, it's uh, there. There's everything there. I mean, there's a the Roxy Theater. They have concerts there, um, and wow. so it, it really is. It's. I mean, it's your one stop shop for entertainment. 
And, and there's some construction going on around the stadium here that is uh, that's it's going to replicate a little bit of a little baby battery here. So um, I'm excited for that development. And I mean, I just know that like, look, me as a sports fan, I know when I go somewhere like I love to get there early, you know, have a little bite to eat or a little drink before I go into the stadium. And then, you know, after the game spill out and, and, and you know, celebrate a win or, or commiserate about a loss. So it's, a, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good uh, fan experience from that standpoint. Nice. Yeah. I, well, I know there's some good food out that way. I totally. I would say there was like a steakhouse I went to in is it called Buf- Buford. Yeah, Buford. Yeah, I don't even know where it was like a little little strip in like an old downtown building, but it was good. Uh, there's some good barbecue. That's very close to where I live. I'm sure. I'm sure, I've been there. Um, but yeah, there's some great spots. Uh, Rico's World Kitchen is in uh, is in Buford as well. That's a great little restaurant. Um, and. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I just live right up the right up the street from the stadium, about seven miles, in a little town called Sugar Hill, which is right next to Buford. And uh, um, you know, admittedly, I don't get out and about as much. I've got a three and a half year old, so you know, we we uh, a lot of work. Right yeah, along. We're, we're we're tied up. We're tied up with that little boy. So he's uh he's a handful. Well, enjoy them, man, because they grow up fast. I I got started young, so my oldest is twenty three. Wow. And, um, my youngest is seventeen. Wow. So the nice thing is I almost have an empty house here. So right. uh, my daughter right. was in Tampa, so, uh, but you miss those times. So definitely that. Oh, that's the number one thing that came out of the pandemic for me, honestly, was I spent a summer at home with a three-year-old and that, you know, while some people might say like, Ooh, you know, that's, right. and there were times, you know, there were times, but but, you know, you really thankful for a time when like, look, when he goes to bed at 730 or eight o'clock and I'm at the stadium and we got a FaceTime good night, you know, six to seven days in a row. Like I was chairing family this year. Yeah. yeah no, I, the, the kids remember all those little things. And, you know, so it's it's kind of cool. I was talking to a kid the other day how much he used to love when I would take him to uh, practice. Oh, oh kid. It would be like we're late at night, so I wasn't the best parent, probably. But you know, just those little things. So it's it's kind of cool, and it is cool. You know, to kind of see what you guys do up there. I definitely want to come check it out. And next, yeah, anytime you'd be my guest. And if you get you bring your your little one down to Disney, hit me up. I live right around the corner. So nice. (laughs) Will do. Hey, I I really appreciate you having me on. It's been a great conversation. Great catching up with you and. uh, uh, like I said, I mean, if anybody's listening, if they have interests in, uh, in joining the Stripers, feel free to reach out. Hey, podcast fans. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Andrew Haynes Show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.